Yo, it's the All 49ers show. That's Jose Sanchez. I'm Grant Cohn. Uh, free agency officially starts in like three hours. So we'll talk about that. The Niners have a real interesting thing going on at quarterback. We're going to start the show there. We're also going to talk about their Super Bowl window and other free agents they could sign. But Albert Breer said, wrote something yesterday. This is what he wrote about Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. Uh, about what the what the signing says. It's saying we're going to see what happens with Trey Lance, but we're going to make sure to cover our butts in the back end. It's a good thing to do. And get another guy in here ready to compete to get us through till Brock Purdy is back. Whether Darnold emerges or Lance emerges over the next six months, we've given ourselves another viable option until Brock Purdy comes back. Uh, the That's interesting. I mean, to me... You look at, he's getting $4.5 million. That's more than Baker Mayfield's getting to compete for a starting job, a starting job in Tampa. It kind of sounds like the Niners may have privately told Sam Darnold, hey, look, you know, we don't really know when Brock Purdy's coming back. This uh, competition might be for a starting job week one, and it's between you and Trey Lance. What do you say? I don't know. How do you, do you think there's going to be an, an off-season competition between these two to see where they figure in in the depth chart? Uh, it's going to be a competition, yeah, because you can't just hand it to Trey Lance. I don't think they like the fact that the way it played out with him last year and just handed it to him and didn't seem as pushy. So I'm all for mm. the competition, but I'm a little, I'm a little like surprised why the signing all of a sudden is shocked. Like, oh, they got a quarterback, or oh, they got Sam Darnold. It's like, no, this was always the plan. It, right. It, it's like these two. It's like first of all, Purdy and and Lance are not healthy. Lance barely. We talked. Lance barely started throwing a weekend or two ago with college guys. And what does that mean? He he's throwing. Yeah. For all I know, he's literally taking good point. Two three step dropbacks and just throwing yeah. it. It's literally just to knock off some rust on. See where your conditioning is from your physical standpoint, from your feet to your arms, putting it together and trying to. It's it's the first step towards breaking that mental block that potentially could be there from all those injuries. Um. So I'm like, I'm a little shocked that like, yes, of course, they're trying to insulate the position. They need to. This was always the thought process. Now, I think it would have been scarier if it was going to be a starter situation if they signed someone like a Brissett, who surprisingly has not been signed yet. It's been like five quarterbacks signed, almost five quarterbacks signed by now. So his market's probably dipping more than it should be or more than initially thought to be by myself. Um, but yeah, with Darnold, it makes sense why they would want to make a, a quarterback competition because, I mean, you just don't know if Purdy's going to be back still. I mean, sure, the surgery is good and fine and dandy, but God forbid something happens along the way that derails it or pushes it back further at that point. And now we really need Darnold to be, you know, we got to try to have him be that guy with Lance. You know, we need him to push Lance and then we need him to be serviceable in case Lance goes down. So it, I think that's the way I'm reading it. I, I, I've asked myself, like, would the Niners have signed Sam Darnold or would Sam Darnold have signed with the 49ers if Brock Purdy hadn't injured his elbow and there wasn't a question with them? I don't know if he'd want to be here, but I think the fact that he's out, the Niners have said, you know, best case he's back week one, but that's just best case. They don't really know. And they have to be prepared for the worst case, which could be that the, the rehab lingers into the season, in which case are they just going to hand the job to Trey Lance coming off this injury? He's had four starts. He's entering his third season. I think clearly the answer is no. They did that last year. I don't think it was a popular move in the locker room. And so now they have, I don't know if it's a competition. I don't know if they'll be splitting reps with the first team, but yeah. if Trey Lance is struggling and Sam Darnold's looking good and the locker room decides that Sam Darnold's better, they can um, make that switch. And Sam Darnold absolutely could start week one. So I do feel like we don't know who the starting quarterback could be week one. It could be Brock. It could be Trey. It could be Darnold. And I, it would almost be fun to um, take bets on that in, in Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, it'll probably it'll probably start at OTAs about a well maybe like 75, 25 Lance. Um it's gonna be a tough competition for Trey because again, he hasn't played much football and Darnold has. He has seventeen hundred throws in the NFL. He's been on bad teams. Honestly, he kind of sucks. I think he, he does kind of suck. But here's the thing with Sam Darnold. He's actually kind of good when he gets rid of the ball quickly. Like, let me give you the stats for his career. Last year oh, he had a one oh he, he had a 104 rating when he got rid of the ball quickly. And for his career, he's got a 90 rating when he gets rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds or less and a 68 complete, uh, 0.8 completion percentage. When it, when he, when he holds onto the ball for more than 2.5 seconds last year, his quarterback rating was 83. His completion percentage dropped to 54 for his career. Quarterback rating is 64 with a completion percentage of 49. The dude tries to do too much. He's indecisive. And when he holds the ball too long and tries to make plays, he's a disaster. If Kyle Shanahan can get him to, to buy into, hey, stop trying to do too much, all you got to do is throw where I tell you or check it down to Christian McCaffrey, 
It could so he's work. basically perfect for this offense. I mean, I don't know if you remember. Remember when they were sniffing around Sam Darnold two years ago before – literally mm-hmm. two years ago this time. It was February. It was like that mm-hmm. was when every name in the book was getting was getting thrown in. And I think we even talked about it on the show back on the OG roundtable days where it was like Sam Darnold, Mary – all these names were getting thrown out. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was a name. Remember that? Um, yeah, so Darnold was a thing. So it looks I would I always then I always thought it was something, it wasn't just you know fluff thrown out there. People are just attaching names. It's like, no, the Niners are kind of doing their due diligence on any quarterback that's out there. And I do think that always held weight back in 2021, and that's probably why they kind of jumped on it now. And they give him this contract, like it's like, oh, look at this sum, it's made more than Baker Mayfield. It's like, yeah, but how much is that really insane incentive latent? Probably a lot of it, I would say, by playing time. And again, it's because it's a very possible chance. The first two quarterbacks in Purdy and Lance could be done again by injuries, man. It's just they, they just do not want to have a situation where we're screwed again, where we have to play someone like a Josh Johnson or, my God, just it's the worst-case scenario where we got to get Chris McCaffrey to drop back and throw passes out there. So, to me, this all works out perfectly. It's fine. Um, I think if, if Purdy wasn't fine, then they maybe would have gone for someone more polished, like I said, like maybe a set. But then again, you know, the market's kind of dictating itself if no one wants for him. But – Maybe someone more a little higher tier name on the on the quarterback aspect, I would say, in the free agency market than a Darnold. So I, I think that's where they're kind of leaning towards. I kind of like the signing. I feel like Darnold has upside, kind of like how Geno Smith had. I feel like he's been mismanaged. And if you go back and watch his film from last season with the Panthers, like he had his best stretch of games. He won four, he was four and two on the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey with an interim head coach. I mean, with Steve Wilkes, who's here now. And you watch his, his film, he does a lot of play action now. He's comfortable turning his back to the defense. You can roll him right, left. He can throw on the run. He throws a better deep ball than Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a stronger arm than Brock Purdy. Um, he's actually pretty elusive. He can make guys miss in the pocket. He runs around a little bit. He, You can call the zone read for him at the goal line. He can score. Like, There's a whole lot he can do. It's all about getting him to stop trying to do too much. And I think you could argue that on other teams, he had to. On the Jets, he freaking had to. On the Niners, he doesn't. And is it like a bad habit at this point? Is he going to keep doing this? Or can he finally relax? Because this is what happened to Purdy, right? At Iowa State, he was trying to do too much. He was trying to play hero ball. He said it. He dropped in the draft. Now he comes to the Niners. He's like, wow, this is easier. I just have to like take the easy throw. Does Sam Darnold have that epiphany too? Like He still hasn't even turned 26. And this is why I feel like this is a legit competition for Trey, man. Like This guy has pedigree. He was third pick in the draft too. He has... Some skills. I mean, you can't just... It's not Nate Sudfeld. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This not. is a real competition. And Trey has skills too, but like you don't have any any experience. So you really, really need to have a hell of an offseason. That's where I'm all for it because he needs like... Yeah. Again, competition always... I mean, like you've, you've said this before too about other draft picks and throughout the years. Like you just can't hand it to these guys. You have to like make them work for it. Like what the hell are you doing? And so yeah. who's another good example of a quarterback? I remember you, you, you name dropped. That was like, that was just a, like a debacle. I mean, I forgot who you mentioned. It was like a year or two ago. But anyways, mm. it was just like, it's like, you can't just like have the throne there and just be like, all right, here's your scepter. Here's your crown. Go ahead and rule with the iron fist. Right. It's like, no, that's not how it works, bro. You just have, you have to claw and scratch for it. You have to work for it because again, that's where it leads to probably the locker room posse, right? Also, because the, the locker room feels that Brock did that. The locker room feels that Jimmy did that. And what I don't think that the vets in the locker room feel that Trey did that. And that's probably why that, Purdy yeah. is on getting lean to the side because not only did he do it in a long stretch of games, but he did on a playoff team, played well, elevated them, and won playoff games. So that's, that's why it's kind of hard for him to move off other people, the, uh, go towards the other direction from Purdy. One more thing, too. Uh Lance has had a real tough time winning over the Cabo clique, the Cabo crew, the vets yeah. on this team. He's, he tries really hard. Hey, Fred, you know, I'm going to ta- I'm gonna uh, light you up in training camp, but it doesn't really seem like the Cabo clique buys it. Um, Sam Darnold, on the other hand, because with Trey Lance, he's so much younger than them. You know, it's like, it's like your little brother's friend try to come and, and, and hang out with you. It's like, dude, get it. I don't even know you, man. You're, you're like eight. You're way younger than me. Sam Darnold is their age he was the 18 draft so was fred warner he grew up sam Darnold's from san Cle- san clemente uh warner's from san marcos it's like 45 minutes away from each other they probably played each other in high school they probably know i bet sam Darnold knows george kittle all those cabo clip guys so i'm just saying if if Darnold looks good in camp and trey's shaky i wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing whispers through you know Certain media members that people in the locker room really liked Sam and he's looking good. Just wait for that. Just wait for that. He's going to win over this locker room real quick if he's not throwing eight picks a day. 
Yeah, it's gonna be, that's all it's going to take for him, just like to play safe, play well, and Trey can't play as great or even that great. Um, but again, if, if Trey can't just get it together, I know he's got a stats against him, he's coming off injury and stuff like that, still has very little reps, but it's, there's one thing he's actually shown like in the last two years is like he's been able to play pretty well throughout practices leading into training camp. So maybe that's an advantage he still has there over Sam that hopefully it works out for him. Um, I think he's still going to be fine. I think it's going to better him. It should better him. Plus, I personally think in the sporting Irish mind, it's not so much that we think Darnold can beat Lance. It's we want Darnold to push Lance. And I think they have it already in their minds that Trey is the guy. But they're just not going to be vocal with it and outspoken. They're going to say, battle it out. Let's let's do it. Because that's the way they, they've done it through other positions. And it works out for the best for the most part. And they didn't do it for the the most, you know, the most premium position in football last year. And then look what happened. I also think this is good for Lance. He never he hasn't really faced a lot of adversity in his life. The adversity he faced was not getting being taken seriously coming out of high school. That is adversity. But that's adversity at a very young age when you're living with your parents and they're sort of guiding you and helping you. uh, Decide how to react and and what to do. This is a whole different since then. He never lost in college. Uh, he became a top three pick with like no resume and was essentially gifted the starting job without, you know, earning it. And I think he's gotten a lot of, I mean, he hasn't had adversity and now boom, like Brock Purdy's taking your spot. You've been injured. Sam Darnold's here. Like you really have to fight for your spot on this franchise or else you'll be Sam Darnold. You, you will be Sam Darnold in three years. And I think it happens fast. You probably didn't see it coming. And maybe this is the best thing that ever happened to him because if he is a legit competitor and a legit athlete, He's gonna take. He's gonna destroy Sam Darnold in this mm-hmm. in, in this competition. Yeah, he needs it. Like I said, iron sharpens iron. Competition helps push it. It's gonna make or break him. So I mean, if, if Sam Darnold beats him, then at that point, it's like you know, it's kind of hard to defend him. Then I just Absolutely. I would just hope at that point that the fix wasn't already in. Wait, I don't think it is. Like maybe they didn't they didn't move off Lance too quickly in camp. I would say if they did that. No, it's like they gave Darnold a five year deal. It's a one year deal. It's four and a half million yeah. with three. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like pretty much it's, like we're just you're just here to help insulate and push and yeah. you know. He's not Keep making more money than Lance. He was competitive. Insulate. Yeah, absolutely. Jarrett says, here's $5. Thank you, Jarrett. Blonine. How do you think he, how do you, I think you pronounce his last name? Blonine? Blonian? I don't know. Blonian? Blonian? I don't know. Sorry. It's a great Vincent last name. says, fun new drinking game. Drink every time Grant says Philadelphia Eagles or talks about Eagles players. Ha, 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 That's fair. because I, like I haven't talked about him yet, but I probably will. Jarrett? says Darnold had McCaffrey and DJ Moore in Carolina and couldn't beat out Baker Mayfield, PJ Waller, or Matt Corral. Why do you think he's a threat to Trey? What do you mean? They all just kind of laid it out, um, but he did play well. Yeah, different players. He didn't actually get to play with McCaffrey when he went 4-2, and though. And why is anyone who is, I mean, Trey Lance is a threat to Trey Lance. He needs to play. He needs to to show something right now. It's, It's the third year, and it's not his fault that he, only played four games, but that's the situation he's in. The Gold Rush five six one says, "Can we just give Trey Lance the same amount of games that SD played to fairly assess Trey?" Doesn't start seem some, like that's going to happen. Does start some practice? Yeah, and this you know this team is getting older, and they're losing a lot of key players. Fire the great says Trey doesn't need to be pushed; he needs to play and stack reps. This idea of this bum Sam Darnold being competition is weird. Oh, he needs to be pushed, man. He just. <laughs> Again, we, I remember tw- rookie year, everyone was raving about You were raving about his training camp. And then this past year, there wasn't really too much to rave about. It was always always going up against elite defense. Like, yeah, That's right. well. That's right. We're, if, but if you felt- remember, if you remember, though, people glossed over it. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible in camp in 2021. And then Lance kind of struggled in camp in 2020. Like, they both had the same camp. It's just yeah, that yeah. when Jimmy did it, people were like, oh, it's Jimmy. It doesn't matter. But when Trey did it, it's like, oh, my God, the, the sky is falling. Because we haven't seen him really playing games and, and practice is all we have to go on. They had this. I mean, it's a really good defense. And the Niners offense doesn't get their stuff together until November. Halloween. They figure it out. <laughs> uh, Mike McGlinchey. Hey, man. Um, Should have traded Trey and Brandon B.A. for a first and got Lamar. Plus kept Mosley Award rather than taking J.H. From, Hilly, from Philly. O-line priority. Stop bleeping around. Um. The Hargrave signing is fine, but I can't help but feel like he's not going to live up to the contract, even though he's a good player. I feel like it's the next Eric Armstead deal, where everyone's like, he's good! He's good! He's a great run defender! Man, this pressure over here is like, look at this clip! It's like, yeah, he's good, but man, he's getting $21 million a year. Like, he needs to have more than five sacks in a season. We'll see. 
Because he had 11 last year. He had 11 last year. But look at the other years of his career. And look at the D-line he was on last year. Huh? No, it wasn't. It was like six, actually. Six or seven. Yeah, like, he's like, he'll give me five or six, five or six sacks. Yeah, 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 but look, look at the defensive line he was on, right? It was stacked. Now, now with him, it makes it a little more stacked. They just need one more piece, which we'll talk they about. They do need another piece. They definitely, if they get another piece and they can go legitimately four deep with their pass rush, then they're like Philly. But right now, he's getting doubled. Bosa's getting doubled. Right now, he's getting doubled. Bosa's getting doubled, and Armstead and Drake Jackson have to have to clean up and, and make, you know, get the sack. And I, I don't know about that. We'll see. Maxime. Says Zeke getting cut could assign him as a starting center for cheap. LOL. 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 Ah. <laughs> Ryan says Sam Darnold's incentives incentives the Niners. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, Sam Darnold's incentives incentivize the Niners not to play him. I haven't looked at his incentives, but that's interesting. I think it jumps up like, what, like 10 or 11 in that range, basically. So the more he plays, yeah. it'll be on the hook more. I don't think so. going to see what happens. They're literally just in case they get injured. Angelica Christopher. Hi, Grant. Been watching Faithfully since 2019. Thank you. I love watching you on YouTube, but it's easier for me to listen on Spotify. Could you post on Spotify the same day you post your videos or the next day? Yeah, I, yes, I promise. I'll do it right after. I usually do pretty good, but I've been getting slow on that. Sorry. I will, Angelica. I got you. Slacker. Slacker. All right, moving on. Jose, is the Niners Super Bowl window beginning to close? I mean, let me just list the players that were starters or key contributors that the Niners have lost already in free agency. Mike McGlinchey, Jimmy Garoppolo, Samson Ebukam, Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Hassan Ridg- Ridgeway, Daniel Brunskill, Aziz Alshair, and Charles Amenahue. And they're also going to lose Robbie Gold and Ross Dwelly, the great, and Tyler Croft, who's also really, really, really good. Um, ex- kidding. But that's like a lot of guys. Uh, of course, they have draft picks and they have good, pl- you know, but... Wow, I thought they're in win now mode. I, uh, I don't know, man. What do you think? Is this it? Is is this like the last dance, twenty twenty three, the last dance with this group? I mean, Trent Williams all like thought for maybe a minute and a half about retiring this off season. How many more years is he get? Is this the last dance? I don't think it's closing still because, like we said the other week about how the NFC is pretty damn weak. I like guess pretty atrocious. And as we watch the Rams continue to strip away from their star players, it makes the NFC West more of a lock that they're going to host at least one playoff game and probably win a playoff game next year. Um, I'm not, I don't think it's closing. I feel like this, we ask this every year and I think I've said yes once. And I always look like a fool because they continue to go on runs. Um, I will say this and give credence to this. The question is, I think this will be probably the last year we see the most stacked roster on them because I think as the cap goes up in terms of Nick Bosa's hit, Debo's hit, who knows if Brandon's going to get extended, his hit, all those contracts that are going to come up, they're going to start hitting more in 2024, 2025. So these same amount of players that you're seeing, especially last year, it's probably going to end. Instead of having like, you know, like the, the 10 great stars, it's probably going to be like seven. And it's going to slowly strip away. So this is going to make more of a, more of a, um, pressure on Trey Lance and Brock Purdy to be those guys that can really get to that final last hump. Cause you know, Nair, we, Nair's proven over and over again, but they can get there. They can get far with just quarterback who can take care of, be serviceable, uplift from here and there. They just need those two quarterbacks to be the last one to give them past that, that last final lap or two. And that's all, that's all they really need, but I don't think it's close. Yeah. Yet. Well, let, let me, let me just lay out. Let me lay it out for you. Paint the picture. Uh, Javon Hargrave's 30. Eric Armstead's going to be 30. <clears throat> Kittle's going to be 30. Use checks like 33. Um, Trent Williams, 35. Like mm-hmm. that's the core of the team. Those are the leaders of the team. And I, you, I mean, at, at that age, you don't know what they're going to be in two years from now. So maybe they'll, you know, some of them will still be around, but maybe some of them start to fall off. Maybe Armstead started to fall off last year. We don't know. So it feels like if it, they're so invested in this core, they've kept them around for four or five years. If they want, if they really feel like they can seal the deal with this core, this is a good year to do it. Um, because again, what is Javon Hargrave going to be like in twenty twenty four? What is Armstead, Kittle? Don't know. Hopefully, they're good. Even Traverius Ward, like he's a, a, a corner entering his late twenties. Like corners fall off quickly. You have no idea when he's going to yeah, mess up his hamstring or just lose like a little bit of speed or whatever. Uh, yeah, I get it. I feel like I'd be more 
inclined to lean that closing side if they had like they lost they were like a one and done in the playoffs like oh my god this window's closing like now we've seen it right like it's, it's really bad like because i don't right. think this year was any worry to doubt like yeah if you're looking into the, the the 10 steps ahead like into the future type of thing it's like well are you guys going to be able to hit this is where the draft picks from last year when i was giving them slack about like dude what did they even get from the 2022 draft class nothing they got nothing i mean i mean they didn't expect prop purdy he was a miracle Outside of that, what did they really get? Oh, Spencer Burford or something or whatever. I mean, they didn't really get any any real contrib- uh, contributions. Sure, Drake Jackson maybe had like a couple snaps this year that were impressive, but other than that, that's where this that's where the twenty twenty two class is going to be in clutch. This upcoming draft with all the picks they have is going to come in clutch, and how you're going to replace them. This is where yeah. this is where, like you said, how, how, this is how the the Chiefs maintain their Super Bowl window. Aside from having Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, is they have they they're able to fill out an adequate roster. So again, this is why this is hold on though, hold on though, hold on though. When you're trying to replenish in the draft, it helps to have a first round pick, a second round pick. Like the Niners are replenishing, but he's all these late picks, and it's like, man, those might be for the future. Those might be guys who contribute in two or three years. No, they are. Anyways, but they're but they're not necessarily instant contributors, and it's like that might be for like uh, to me. This this Niners team has followed the Rams blueprint very closely. And we see what the Rams have to do right now. And I, it, I wouldn't rule out that the Niners eventually have to get rid of a lot of these older guys and take the dead cap hits just to create some cap space. Cut Eric Armstead in a year or two. Cut or, or Trey Williams retire. I could see a lot of like, like a, a totally reshifting, a retooling of the roster in a year or two. And they still be good because they'll still have Bosa and Warner and some other players. But it's not going to be necessarily the same window i don't know well it'll be fine if armstead's gone because they were able to get by adequately with that defense when he was gone i mean assuming his bad body district to break down he's the top one so i'm you're naming him i'm just like no i mean we saw them skate by without him trent williams they've been able to skate by it's only been like two to four games right um but that's still gonna be a hard one to replace right who's another one you mentioned kittle could only miss like a couple games last year right um you just wonder if he's going to really stand on to that foundational beat. This is why I said the Niners, an underrated position you need to look at is tight end, whether it's in the draft. That's probably going to be a draft that they go towards. And hopefully someone that's more skewed towards receiver that you build up as a blocker later down the road. Because receiving, if you have just two receivers, man, that's going to be mismatch hell. That's going to be amazing. So hopefully they do. That's 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 one thing I think they're going to do. That's going to be the first C that they plant behind Kittle. Let me just remind the Niners are very good at drafting, and maybe a lot of like 11 of these rookies are going to come in and kill it. But let me just point out okay, the Niners are, are in a win now team. They're, they're trying to win the Super Bowl now. They're turning over a, more than 20% of their roster, and they have no first or second round pick. And they don't have cap space to go out and sign a bunch of guys. So far, they've signed Javon Hargrave and Sam Darnold. Am I missing some? Have they brought back Jake Brendel? Great. Uh, but I mean, they've lost like 10 dudes. They're going to lose more. And they're all going to be replaced with pick 107, pick 142, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, or guys that were picked last year. Hey, uh, Nick Zakel, let's see what you got. Colton McKivitz is supposed to be a starter on a Super Bowl winning team. I'm sorry, I I don't I can't take that seriously. That's the biggest concern right now on the team. I can't take right that seriously. Tackle, easily off top, it's it's right tackle. Um, when you look at Philly, hey, drink. When you look at Philly or Kansas <laughs> City, those are teams that have no weaknesses in the trenches on either side of the ball. They are strong at every single position on both sides of the trenches. No, I just can't say that. They Who lost a couple there? of players too. I mean, while it wasn't the offensive line. But you know they're losing a good, a good chunk of the of, like, not good chunk. They're using a, using a haul of the defense. That defense is gonna drop. And Jonathan Gannon's gone. Say what you want about him, but it worked for that defense. Um, how do I, I don't know how the hell that's gonna work over there. Um, yeah, it's just I say with the 49ers right now, the biggest concern, biggest question mark so far early on, overreaction, underreaction, whatever, is the right tackle spot. Like where the hell where are they gonna fit that? There was it was <laughs> they were even looking at the market. That's why last week I tried playing devil's advocate and I couldn't take myself seriously about resigning McGlinchey. Is where the hell are you gonna find that right tackle spot? You're just gonna throw a rookie in there? Like, oh god, is is that really wise? Considering you're gonna be picking in third, not even maybe they package to trade up and get more a more polished prospect. I haven't really looked at like tackles that way because I don't really like looking at offensive line prospects in that degree <laughs> versus the skill players. So it's just here's what they're gonna say. Here's what they're gonna do at right tackle. They're gonna say we've been working around Mike McGlinchey's, you know. L- We've been working around my, like Mike McGlinchey for five years, okay? They know what Mike McGlinchey is. That's why they didn't try to re-sign him. Uh, if they can work around him, they're going to say, Colt McKivitz really isn't that much worse. And it's like, fine, dude, but can't you improve? Can't you get a good right tackle? 
because you haven't had one since you got here. And Where? I think it's you got to have five good offensive linemen, not three, to win a Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong. I just my, my thing is just like sure you're right on that, but where are they going to get that if not free agency? I don't see anyone in free agency that's like fine or even worse. They should have like, done a better job of drafting and developing. They should have done a better job of drafting and developing. I mean, the, the Eagles, the Eagles have drafted. Can I? The Eagles have drafted and developed every single starter on their offensive line, and they, they lost Javon Hargrave, but they drafted uh, Jordan Davis last year in the first round. I mean, they they anticipated this. They're good. 2018, 2019, I think they drafted a tackle, left tackle, Andre Dillard. And Dillard. With, but but I, they had Jordan Mailata, who they drafted later. So yep. then I think they ended up, yeah, they ended up, they just keep retooling and stuff. I, I think that's one, th- one thing that's like the Niners are recommitting to. And I think so. Javon Hart gave is a, is a signal of what they're trying to do is like, we're trying to like recommit our, 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 our identity into the trenches. And that's why I think with, with the draft is really going to pull in. That's where like, you know, you have last year's, again, draft class. Like you said, I know it's not ideal. You got the Jason Pose, you got the Nick Sakel. To Kells, whatever, um, the Kalia Davis is. I think that's where you're gonna have to look at that last year's draft class and hope they start getting, they start getting some type of impact. But that's you know who needs to step up. Play. You know who needs to step up, big time. Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson. That's he that's, needs that's, to be good. They took him over Cam Jurgens, who's gonna be the starting right guard for Philly. Drink this year, and he's gonna be their starting center when Kelsey retires. That's and the thing is, like, you take a defensive lineman. Defense alignment a lot of times are two down players, one down players. They're specialists. They're run defenders. They're pass rushers. Offense alignment are three down players. They yeah, yeah. on the field every single snap, and they play offense. Like so, Drake Jackson needs to be really good. Then he needs to justify that pick because they took him over some good players. Drake and it's like there's a huge there's a huge void at at left D end or whatever D end you want to call that. It's as big of a void as the right tackle spot. Who is going to play that? Who Drake? Oh yes, better be. Yeah. It's, a big it's, one. it's really bad. Uh, we talk about the quarterbacks getting hurt. That's one place you'd like to be solidified at. Yeah, uh, Isaac says, "Dudes, what are we gonna do at kicker?" I'll do it. I got it. It'll be fine. Are they gonna Are they gonna sign one or draft one? My bull. I don't know. Again, like this is a, this is a wit. This is a Super Bowl team, right? So just, you got to sign a kicker. You can't. You can't bring a rookie kicker on this team, can you? No, they're not going to be. They're just trying to wait for the, the market to die down so they can get one for cheaper, hopefully gold, because it makes no sense. I mean, how, who, who signed that guy, kicker Matt Gay, to that stupid contract? I was like, God damn, that's a lot of money. I don't even think they're, they're a Super Bowl playoff contending team. I forgot who it was. It was a Rams kicker. Oh, my God. I just saw it. I just laughed at the contract. Colts. Like, Colts. Oh, my God. Why are the Colts doing that, bro? You're going to be losers this year. You want them to miss hey, kicks. what if the Colts trade for Lamar? I'm not going to trade for Lamar. Lamar's not going to You don't think so? No, okay. Why would they trade him into the conference of all places? Or they can't even trade him. They, no, dude, at this point, all right, all right, all right. Out, it makes me less less sure that he is gone. It, it makes me back to my first point back before any of this even started was that they're going to tag him. He's not going to get traded. He's stuck. Okay, all right. Forget Lamar. Ethan M says, do you see Kyle giving Trey a Fourth chance the in the true offseason, in the true uh, offense this offseason? Does it make sense to run a different offense than what the backups would run? Yeah, that's a good point. Now that he's that Baker, excuse me, that Brock is the starter, maybe they have kind of given up on whatever the Trey offense is, and now Trey has to win the job in in the traditional offense, which might just suit him, benefit him. And can they go back to the offense after he, you know, they made him snap his foot, turn it the other way? That's like it's a good point. It's a good point. It's not like they're running zone read with Dak after he uh, shattered his leg. Maybe Kyle doesn't care and just does it anyways. Also, we don't know what kind of speed Trey's going to have after this injury. I'd, I'd um, be hard to imagine he's any faster. Elias says, any chance they can move up in the draft for a right tackle? Of course. Yeah, they can always move up. I mean, it just doesn't – you don't know if he's going to be good enough to start right away. Offensive tackles who can start right away usually go in the first round. And Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Because the guards in the center, you can a, always yeah. find, like, the mid-days, like, starting yeah. It's a really tough transition from college to the pros for offensive tackles. Not so for defensive linemen. Brandon Harrison says, we need to get Orlando Brown. Casey didn't sign him. It's easier to move from left tackle to right tackle, and we badly need a right tackle. Why are we waiting to address this need? Hey, if they go sound, sign Orlando Brown, you could talk about the Niners winning the Super Bowl. That That is the move that would make them a legit Super Bowl contender. I don't know if they're going to do it. In fact, I probably think they won't. But I think they that would be the move. Didn't he have this issue about with the with the Ravens? He didn't want to. He didn't want to right move the right. There you go. Pretty sure that he didn't want to play right tackle. 
Same thing with Taylor Lewan, man. It's like all these guys they don't want to switch because it's if they're complaining about that, that means it's kind of a big deal. So I wouldn't say it's an easy move to make necessarily. But what the Niners could do is they could sign Orlando Brown to a multi-year deal and say, we're going to move you to left tackle as soon as Trent Williams retires, but you got to play right tackle. But he might not even be interested in that. And again, he might be too expensive for whatever the Niners can offer. But I'd be more interested in him than Darius Slay. Darius Slay is great, but he's 32 and a corner and he doesn't play offense or block for the quarterback. If he did block for the quarterback, I'd be interested. You just foreshadowed the next topic? (laughs) Ooh. um, No. Was it a mistake letting Emmanuel Mosley walk? This guy got very little money. The Niners drafted and developed him like one year, $6 million. He's going to start for Detroit. Good team. I mean, I, but last week I was like, is he going to get $15 million? And you were like, no, you were right. But damn. He tripping. I don't know. what. Like, was that? Were you talking about per or like a total of, of the cumulative of the That's contract? what Spot Track. That's what Spot Track per estimated. I don't know what they're talking about, about that. Uh, um, no, I don't think it was. I guess they were just going based on production. I don't think it was a mistake letting him walk. As much as I loved him, as much as I advocated for him, you can go back to all our streams about how I thought he was vastly underrated. Um, I don't think it was a mistake because of how Diamandor Lenore came on towards the later half of the year. And I know at the peak of their powers, Manny Mosley is better than Lenore. There's no debate. But again, torn ACL, man. He's coming off a torn ACL. Is he going to be that guy again? Knee injuries with a corner is very scary. Backpedaling, shifting, moving around. My God, just running. Everything is so crucial to a corner's ability to do what he has to do. Um, and not even just that, he's this guy's always been sneaky injury prone. That's one thing I've always been able to, to admit with him is like the guy's always sne- he always misses games. He, always, he he misses games. And last year it was like when he's finally going over that hump, got, going to the peak of his powers, it just falls off. He falls off his neck, his legs tears, and then he's done. And it, it sucks because he was on the way to being a Pro Bowl caliber season, maybe even All Pro. Who knows? But I think that he became expendable as soon as Diamandula Nor started playing stronger towards the end. And personally, like he, he's he's always there in his guy. He's just not a great playmaker on the ball, but he's always there. This guy. It's one thing I like watching him is that he's always trailing good. He's not really getting beats. He's not really ha- allowing too much separation. So I, I think he's a fine corner as it is, and I think they can keep working with him, especially with Wilkes there. So I think the writing was on the wall as soon as John Lynch pretty much you know touted about how much he had a breakthrough year. That kind of kind of kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall at the combine when he said that. I think this is a mistake. I mean, if I had known that they could get him for six million dollars, I would have said sign him. It's it's a, it's a bargain. And now maybe they're saying, maybe they're betting against him making a full recovery, and they're thinking he's going to be greatly diminished after this ACL injury, which is possible. But man, how many times did they re-sign Jason Verrett after he just blew something? Like I don't get it. it wasn't to worth me, $6 million. The, Niners, the Niners have have bet on guys recovering from ACL injuries. All the time, even at corner flyer just, deals. That's not a flyer deal. Chill, dude. I just feel like this is it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty cheap deal for a cornerback who's frankly way better than Diamador Lenore. You could have had both. You could have had Mosley on the outside and Lenore at nickel. It and they didn't have them because they had to give four and a half million dollars to a third string quarterback because they still have no solution at the quarterback position. That that makes me laugh. I mean, I wouldn't have given fifteen million or ten to Emmanuel Mosley, but damn, one year, six million. And what's crazy is when he went down. I feel like the Niners were like, "Oh, you know, he's one. We want to do right by. We we want to keep him around." It's like, no, you don't. You didn't even want to give him a six-year contract, a six million dollar one-year contract. Like, I think they're going to regret this, but we'll see. I think he's going to go to Detroit and play well. Yeah, he probably he probably will. I just wonder if the Niners are trying to be like, "Here's a here's a here's a year for three million. Come back." And then Detroit came, all right, here's a year and six million. Come over here. And the Niners are like, well, you know what? We got and I wonder what the discussions were in terms of promising to start. Because Emmanuel Mosley at this point in his career, he doesn't want to compete. He he wants to be handed a starting spot, right? As he I don't I wouldn't blame him. So they're probably saying, here's the year, three million dollars, recover, compete for Diamador. Um, because I doubt they're gonna want to put Diamador back in the slot. He played so well on the outside, and that's where he, that's where he was. That's where he grew up at outside. They didn't he wasn't a slot guy until the Niners got their hands on him as much again. Niners putting players out of position. Shocker. Yeah, but again, Emmanuel Mosley gave up a quarterback rating of 66 last year and 65. I I, I get it. Great. Hold on. 66 last year and 65 the year before that. Lenore gave up a quarterback rating of 91 last year. They're not the same. Now, maybe Mosley's going to fall off after this injury, but the Niners paid him 6.5. His cap number last year was $6.5 million. Like They could have brought him back at the same exact number, but they think he's going to be worse it's like, okay, man, you're betting against Mosley. I'm betting on Mosley. I've been betting on Emmanuel Mosley his whole career. I'm, I'm his biggest fan. 
Manual. Go, go, Manny. E-Man. You're not even his friend. You just better use his nickname right now. Um, E-Man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I really. Can I say something real quick? He was the guy no. who said Dak and a Dak after the Cowboy game. He was the guy after, in the tunnel. He was walking he out. He said that. He like, <laughs> that's elite work. That's ma- that's Sorry, elite. man. That was you, man. Yeah, that was super <laughs> funny. Sorry, bud. Yeah, I mean, it's just the thing is, that's why I hate these deals. It's like, well, I mean, not even about the guarantees. He's going to get that $6 million. If it's a one year deal, you're pretty much going to see all that unless it was incentive laden. Um, great move for Detroit. The Niners, I, I just think he became a little more expendable. Again, 20 CL. If he looks, ugh, it's just. Well, yeah, I, hope so. I hope you're right. Because I felt before he went down, I thought he was the best corner on the team. No disrespect to Javarius. I, I thought I, that I, I, yeah, killing it. I wouldn't. wouldn't <laughs> Um, Sheridan says we should have used one of the three picks on Gilmore. One of the three thirds on Gilmore. Who's Gilmore? Eh, he's on a downward. He wasn't as great last Stephon year. Stefan Gilmore? He's still he's in the still league. corner. Yes, Stefan yeah, Gilmore. He was traded to, um, damn, why do I keep forgetting all this team? There's no much player movement. It's hard to keep track of now. Man, he's been in the league forever. All right, real quick. Aaron Rodgers officially going to the Jets. Man, he milked this. He really milked this for attention. He went on, you know, that show on YouTube. Gave him a little attention and said he's going to the Jets. Um, As someone who knows Robert Sala personally, I'm a little nervous for Robert. I don't think this decision was his. It was probably above his pay grade, but man. It feels like when you go into business with Aaron Rodgers, you kind of sell your soul to him. You have to bring in all of his friends. You got to bring in Alan Lazard and R- Randall Cobb, who's 59. Um, <laughs> and then you not only that, but you got to live with Aaron Rodgers giving you that look eight times a game that the, that the ke- television captures. You call a play. He gives you a look like that's the stupidest play call I've ever seen. And then you, the the camera cuts to you, Robert, and you're just standing there looking like an idiot because what are you going to do? It's Aaron Rodgers. I hate that about Aaron Rodgers. He's the worst leader of the great quarterbacks of all time. Um, but good luck. Uh, New York Jets, what do you think of this? This Brett Favre 2.0? <laughs> I mean, they would love if Aaron Rodgers could be what that Brett Favre version was in back in, what was it, 2010, 2009? I almost feel he's worse than Favre because Favre, Yes. He was a circus too, but once he got on the field, he wasn't like showing up the coat. He would play. Favre would freaking play. Like Rodgers is like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. He's such a LeBron James in the NFL. He's, I have yes. not soured more on a player, any star player at any league that I have on him so quickly. And, that, and the last person yeah. who it was, coincidentally, LeBron James. I used to be a big-time defender on, all the way up until 2016, and it's like, okay, now it's – it's yeah. just over. Yeah, you're right. The same little diva thing. It's like, dude, like what? You are literally people want to say want a whole to from the from the Hall of Fame. What about this guy? True. This guy is like future. Dude. It's like, dude, just come on, come on, really? Yeah, you know all this attention. He's doing what LeBron did today on the on this with the news, right? <laughs> the same thing. The decision, LeBron. Hey, I'm gonna pack him. Pat McAfee. The decision. The Jets. It's true. <laughs> so and LeBron I, got got crap for that for a long time. Yeah, dude. Le- so I mean, yeah. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't like, oh man, he's so quirky. No, he's, he's so such annoying. a free spirit. No, man, he's a he's a jerk. He's just he's a jerk. It's just so up there, and and it's just like everything's everything's everyone's fault but his, and all the playoff losses and stuff like that. And it's like, no, Aaron, last time I checked, you had some bad stats too. But I digress. With that said, I think they're a playoff caliber team. Now, are they going to really go far? Probably not, because I don't think they're going to compete too much with like the likes of the Bengals. You know the um, the Chiefs, um, but they are going to be there. They, they were, I mean, they were just right there with Mike White and Zach freaking Wilson, and Joe Flacco. So I mean, they just have a guy who who's plays. Even if they get Rogers' version from last year, ideally they want a little more. Then I think they'll be into the playoffs instantly. Um, they got a great defense. Um, it's just I have yeah, a prediction. What kind of version of I have a prediction. Rogers you gonna get? I have a prediction. He's going to get injured. Oh, he's going to get injured. Although, you know, they did get rid of Mike LaFleur, and now it's Nathaniel Hackett. So it's not a Kyle Shanahan guy over there. I mean, it's more like the Matt LaFleur offense. Maybe they'll do a better job, but he's gonna he's old. He's going to get injured. That's what I think. Also, also I, the, the whole thing of bringing in his friends, it seems like a bad idea. Like, you have a young team on the Jets. Now you're bringing in this clique of Packers. That's who Aaron Rodgers is going to hang out with. It's going to be a team inside a team. That's who he's going to throw the ball to. And you're going to have all these young guys being like, yo, what the hell is going on? I think it's not. I think it's going to be a bad. I don't think it's going to work. He'll probably gravitate towards Garrett Wilson. 
I think that that'll be a great that'll be a great uh connection this upcoming year. The thing is, is like, what do they have after that? Alan Lazard. <laughs> He'll put Garrett Wilson in the in the uh, doghouse. Garrett Wilson look at him wrong one time, and he won't throw it to him anymore. I think as I think Garrett Wilson has like that good like pushback where it's like, oh come on, Eric. I think he will talk back. Something about that. Something something about some there's an affirmation confidence about good him. Luck. Push back. Good no, luck. Good luck. Aaron Rodgers is petty. Sion says, Grant, Aponte said yesterday that Emmanuel Mosley didn't want to come back to the tango. Maybe he didn't want to come back because of the offer they gave him. Can you imagine what if can you imagine what the Niners offered Emmanuel Mosley? It must have been a slap in the face. That's what I'm saying. I, that's why I said I think it could have been a year for three incentive laden. And they also yeah. probably told him you're not guaranteed a starting spot. Where Detroit, he's guaranteed a starting spot, more money. So that's why I think like was a mistake. Like, I mean, they got Diamador, the defense was fine hey. without Mosley. Um, Niners better be right about Diamador. He had a couple nice games. He had a couple nice picks, right, yes. but he also had some terrible games where he got devoured. So I, they better be right here. Yeah, and I, but, but let's let's defend. Come on, let's be real about Diamador. He was spending his whole year training camp in the slot. That's true. He was playing the slot. So he's I'm not saying he's no good. I'm just saying they better be right because we don't. We, no, no one really knows about Lenore yet. He's shown some good, some not so good. He's shown some very good and some very bad. Let's put it that way. Some very yeah. good and some very bad. Yeah. And some in between. Uh, <laughs> moving on. I honestly did not know Aaron Rodgers was officially getting traded until you just said that. I didn't see. I wasn't looking at my phone this morning. It just happened. I guess we're, we're he's on that he's on that show. Oh, yeah. Guy who stands up and yells. I like that show. Should the Niners sign Darius Slay? The Eagles cut him. They tried to trade him. I always like that. It's like, hey, um, so-and-so team is trying to trade so-and-so player. But if they don't, they'll cut him. It's like, oh, let me get on the You're phone and cut. make a trade. Yeah, so he got cut, and um, great player, 32 years old. Niners didn't want any piece of him in the NFC Championship game. They clearly respect him. What do you think? Hey, back to that point you made about like, hey, we're, someone told us we're going to restructure, he's going to cut. The only time this happens when someone does get traded is uh, waiver uh, cuts from the training camp, final cuts. When right. teams know like, oh, they're going to cut, like with Jonas Griffin, yeah. all these players like, hey, let's give him a six or seven just so we can cut the line. It's worth it. Yeah. Like, let's swap picks in the seventh round. And for, yeah, 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 exactly. It's yeah. Like, let me just jump the line. But um, mm -hmm. should they sign him? No, they don't. They don't need. They don't need Darius Slay. Allocate that money. They got to finish up in the trenches, right? They need a DN. They need a right tackle. That Please takes precedence. Money. Please do that. Especially when Lenore is such a great player. Like he's so good. <laughs> okay, relax. I didn't say he was a great player. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have a pass rusher, then it allows you yeah. more time to have him develop into a great player that you hope he's going to be. The same thing in the slot. Samuel Womack, who's going to be there? We haven't even talked about that about that absence now with Jimmy Ward gone. But yeah, yeah. don't say like, nice, sweet. But to me, if he wasn't willing to restructure with the Eagles at the money amount he was making, what, what's going to make him take less with the with the 49ers or someone else? Well, what you can always do is what they did with Hargrave, right? You give the big signing bonus, you backload the cap hits in the first back. two years. They're like, it, it, but it eventually it catches up to you. But the Niners keep doing that. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, don't think I still think they need a D end. They already did that for Ward. You can't do that for two corners. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's true. You can't do that. Again, I mean, again, Slay is 32 years old. He's yeah, 32. That's the, that's the last thing you need as another corner who's already in the – it's not like Slay is like the lead of the elite anymore. He's a good corner still, but he's not like primetime elite. James Badbury is better than him now. Um, it's just it's well, not yeah. a deal. And if, if you give out another big deal to another dude in their 30s, the Niners are going to end up like the Rams pretty soon. They really will. Yeah, do not do not do that. Go, go, for, go, go for a freaking an edge rusher. Yannick. Yannick. Yannick Ngakwe, he's been he's extremely consistent and good. I think that's he's kind of that's the guy I want. He's young; they can do it. The only yeah. scary part about him is why are you on so many teams, man? Why are you on so many teams? That's always a red that's flag. True. Eagles, that's true. But that being said, I feel like that's okay with uh, with pass rushers. Like you can, I don't. I guess I don't know. I always feel like you can get pass rushers get given up on too much. Like Justin Houston's been bouncing around the league, but he still produces. But he lasts through the seasons. This guy's been traded mid or cut and all this stuff. And it's like, Ooh. he's been traded twice. Ooh. So it's Maybe like, it's, uh... he has red flags over him. But I will, yeah. I think in this case for him, you know, the Colts, why did the Colts let him go? It's a new regime. Okay. Gus Bradley's gone. Why did the Raiders trade him? New regime. Gus Bradley went to the Colts. So that's two excuses I would give him. The mm -hmm. only one I wouldn't is like, why did the, why did you, why did the Ravens, I mean, Vikings cut or trade you? And then why the Ravens give up on you? They'll be the two mm. teams I get because he priced yeah. himself out for the from the Jaguars. He was phenomenal with the Jaguars, but yeah, yeah, I still think he's worth it. That's just Stephen. Pr yeah, Stephen Pryor says if I were the Jets, 
I would have demanded two firsts from Green Bay to take their problem off their hands. Yet they went and got Hackett to facilitate. Facilitate. People have the most upside views on him overrated. I, I, I It's going to be interesting to see what Aaron Rodgers' legacy is when he retires because um, I think in his prime, people thought, man, this guy's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, I don't think he's top five. Like, I would take Peyton Manning over him in terms – a lot of people who maybe who maybe didn't have all the tools that he had. Aaron Rodgers. I wonder. Now that you said that, what was the comp you think was that? Was it two first actually? I don't know. No Slay signed Gardner Johnson younger. Ooh, that would be interesting and also cheaper. Let me see if we can find the compensation for. I guess he just. I don't know. Let's see what you're trying to find the compensation because that was one thing I was always like. It made no sense to like for teams to really give up that much first round picks because the guy's threatening to retire every year. It's like I'm gonna give up my future for a guy who might even be here next year. Yeah, I can't find it, but maybe the good viewers of the show could find it. Kev F says Debo for Devontae Adams, Raiders rebuilding with Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, that would be fun. Devontae Adams. Do it. 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 Okay, next topic. Let's talk about some free agents the Niners should go after. Already previewed. Resign. What do you think? Well, we just mentioned Yannick, so of course because yeah, Yannick like, and Gakaway, edge rusher, that would be great. And he's yeah. young. I think I'd be, I think okay, I think he's the most dream free agent of mine because I don't think it's gonna happen because he might be finally looking for that long term deal that he wants. Um, again, he's young, he's promising, he's very, he's pretty dominant, and he'd be sweet. Um, I just wonder if the Niners want to do that because that means he'd probably be an anchor on the edge. He doesn't rush. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't play run defense like that. So that's like, does that gonna hurt Drake Jackson? If you do that, it pretty much pushes Drake Jackson down, doesn't it? And it's kind of hard to get him on the field. You just wonder yeah. if they go more veteran presence, which another guy I would probably like would be maybe a Leonard Floyd. You know, he might be he by me on the cheap cheap, Leonard Floyd, um, and, or Bud Dupree. You know, he was promising two years ago, two, three years ago, um, until he went to Tennessee. Um, so you wonder if he's getting with a bunch of other guys on the defensive line who they're not gonna look at for him. And he could just get nice free lanes to the to the quarterback and get his numbers up. So Bud Dupree would be my second after Yannick, and then it would be Leonard Floyd. Those are the three I'm looking at for in terms of like getting the defensive line, defensive end ramped up for the 49ers. Uh, I got an interesting one. Um, an offensive tackle the Niners could acquire. Yash, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Nyman, Neiman. He's from he's from the Packers. He started 13 games from last year. He's played left and right tackle. He's 6'7", he's 315 pounds, got long arms. He's a good athlete. The Packers are one of the teams that draft and develop offensive linemen the best. They're really good at it. Uh, the, the Eagles are good at it too, drink. I think that's – and the, the Packers just placed a second-round um, tender, restricted free agent tender on this guy. So if the Niners could get a second-round pick, they could just sign this guy. And he would be, I think, a quality starting right tackle that would cost them $4 million. But they don't have a second-round pick. they got to figure out a way to get one. Does the tender mean they're free to sign him and they can't match? I think they can or, match, but I don't know. Because then the Packers would just match. There's no way in hell the Packers are going to allow the Niners to, <laughs> to steal one of their guys <laughs> at all. No well, way. he's not even a starter for them. But, yeah, oh. he, he did start some last time. They had some injuries. But if they could get that guy, that guy qualifies. I don't know. And you I'm not a... And yeah, by your by your stand, you already know he can fit in your system because Lafour does something similar to you. So it's like, <laughs> there goes the scouting right there, right? Dude, I mean, dude, get that guy. Work. He's gonna be better than anyone you get in the draft. I like that guy. Yeah, most likely. Good athlete, big dude, has experience, good player. All right. Because really, um, outside of outside of like you know what we're looking at, offensive defensive line, like I don't really see where else they're gonna add a free agent. Maybe an extra veteran corner just for depth. But it's like, because who you're starting? Obviously, you got obviously Joff Traverius Ward, Diamond Lenore, presumably T Samuel Womack, who they're probably going to compete with. And then after that, you got you got you got the youngsters behind Tariq Castro Fields, Contres Knight, Ambry Thomas. I think Ambry Thomas is a dead man walking. So you're I got a prediction. If the Niners make another splurge in free agency, it's for a DN. That's my prediction. That's the only position they spend on D line. They did clear up uh, space with all the players, right? Fred Warner, Ward. Um, they're going to go get a DN. Unless so, they really believe in Drake Jackson, I don't know how they feel about him. They they inact well, they made him inactive. You they lost so many players that they just can't fill it with just other rookies this year. That's what I'm saying. So That's what I'm Drake saying. Jackson, they had they need they need another veteran. They've always been doing yeah. that. You lost Ebicam. You lost Amenahu. Um, is that all they lost? 
Well, that's pretty much, I mean, Bridgeway, I guess, but yeah, you do lost a lot of depth. You need to fill it up with another, another nice, like nice primetime piece in free agency just to help round it out. And that's going to make everything better. Lucas Bissell says, hope all's well with both you guys. Grant, I sent you an email on Monday. Hope you'll consider reading it. Thanks for what you do for the fans. I got you, Lucas. Sorry, I didn't see that. Uh, it's been email, kind of a hectic Jake. couple of days. It's been free agency. I got you, Lucas. I'll get back to you. Um, okay. So Mike McGlinchey gone. Five years. Could you call it an era? The Mike McGlinchey era <laughs> is over. And is it fair to say now that he's on the Denver Broncos and you know there's no more allegiances to him among the fan base that in retrospect, drafting him was a whiff? Uh, I'm going to say it's not a total whiff, but it is. I, I, in baseball terms, I'd say like you, because when you draft top 10, right, you want it to be a home run or you want to get like that three run, three run hit or somewhere you get in a home run. But McGlinchey was like, we made a hit, we connected, we got to first and that was it. Because top yeah. 10, you dropped in top 10, you're looking for impact, gener- not generational, but a player who you can trust in for like years and years to come. And he was, he wasn't, they, it was just the five years they picked up the option and it was deuces man i'm out here so it was it kind of is more of a whip than it was a success i mean sure you, you had him for five years a lot of low moments a couple of highs but ultimately when you're drafting that high you're not looking for a great run defender and average to mediocre pass protector it needs to be the other way around this is a passing league so that's the thing about mcglitchy it's like it wasn't so much that he was terrible it was like his pass his bad pass pro reps always came on critical downs, third down, scoring down that they needed. And it was always like, gee, we need this one play, this one play, and we know it's good, we know you're gonna mess it up. And he just somehow ended up doing it. It's not like he was consistently bad. It was he was consistently bad on the most pivotal weighted downs. And no matter what, he came through in that aspect. So to me, he's definitely more of a whiff side than he was anywhere near a success. This is the ninth pick in the draft. Let me just go through players who were taken That's after him. The next, the next pick was Josh Rosen. Okay, that was terrible. Pick after that, Minka Fitzpatrick, four-time All-Pro. I mean, three-time All-Pro. Next pick, Vida Villa, uh, Pro Bowler. Next pick, Deron Payne, Pro Bowler. Next pick, Marcus Davenport, stud. Next pick, Colton Miller, way better offensive tackle than, than Mike McGlinchey. Next pick, Tremaine Edmonds, two-time Pro Bowler. Next pick, Derwin James, three-time Pro Bowler. Next pick, Jair Alexander. Two-time Pro Bowler. Next pick, Leighton Vander Esch, Pro Bowler. Next pick, Frank Ragnow, two-time Pro Bowler. Like, they could have picked names. If they had just picked names out of a hat, they would have done better. And th- this is why you really got to be careful and not put yourself in a position where you have to draft for need. Like, the Niners are like, we don't want a right tackle. We got to get rid of Trent Brown. We have to take a right tackle with the ninth pick. But that's not the BPA. You want to take the best player available. The Raiders are them, too. Well, that would, it was a coin they, toss. It was a coin toss that decided the fate. Remember that? The coin toss? Oh, my God. Dude, that they could have had 10 guys who were better than him at any position. And, yeah, it's a huge whiff. Not just because he wasn't good enough, but because of the people they could have had. That just adds another element to you. I mean, there's, there's no way to... <laughs> There's no way to sugarcoat it. When you're ch- picking top ten, you need this guy to last long for you. You need his last. Yeah. And it, had he been, had he been even just a little better, and they kept cornerstone him, of the franchise. You got to be a cornerstone yeah. of the franchise, man. Even with all those players you mentioned who are significantly better in terms of impact for their respective teams, if he had just lasted longer, you at least can stomach that. He's like, we didn't fully waste it because again, a first round top ten pick that's freaking premium. It's why. But- but why do they make the mistake? Because they needed a plug-and-play starter right away. And Colton Miller wasn't that. He's a left tackle who would have had to move and wasn't great as a rookie. Like, McGlinchey was a plug-and-play starter right away. That is not how you make a decision on who to take with the ninth pick. That's how you mess it up. I remember that. That's how you... Too. I remember yeah. that you were writing, for the, writing about the Raiders, too, about how Colton Miller was such a bad pick because he was so raw. He was yeah. so raw. His first rookie year was pretty bad. He was um, very weak. But he had good feet. You can see it in UCLA. Right McGlinchey right never had good feet. Now, right yeah, now, he's tremendous. He's strong. He's, he's fairly quick. And I think you could see the upside. Like, that's a left tackle. He needs to get stronger, but he has the feet. McGlinchey never had the feet. That's why he was never considered a left tackle. You're telling me you're taking a right tackle only at, with the ninth pick, and he's not a, a, an athlete like Lane Johnson? Like, get the hell out of here. That's the thing with McGlinchey. He never even ran at the combine. They, they, he's not a great athlete. He's robotic. He labors. He, um, I guess it's enough of Mike McGlinchey. But, yeah, big whiff. They could have had Derwin James. That's why they had him lose weight, right? So they can make him faster. But that, I think that's what eventually killed his press pro towards the last three yeah. years. So yeah. is that because really then he was then he was vulnerable to power. 
that's probably the Niners' fault for like being like, we need you to we need you to be lateral because they weighed the they weighed the value of running the ball more so he can get outside faster than it is for him having that strength and not get bulldozed by all these defensive ends who are just I mean, getting a free shot to the quarterback. By the end of his tenure, the Niners almost never ran his direction. No one runs left more than the 49ers. So again, what what was the value of Mike McGlinchey? When he was younger, they did have some nice runs around his side, but that's gone. It's been gone. Tom Compton was a better run blocker in the last couple of years for this team than, than McGlinchey. McGlinchey limps all over the field. He's been hurt. He played through injuries this year. God love him. But the dude was limping around the field all year coming back from that very serious knee injury. Man, Denver messed up. Towards quad last year. I think 2019 yeah. was pretty much his last good year, and he missed he missed some substantial time too. Yes, right. They used him and Mostert and Kittle used to break off really long runs around the right side. But that's I mean, been a long time. All right, last topic, then we'll that's the show. Jimmy G's gone, and we don't need to talk about him anymore. But I think it's fair Uh to discuss what his ultimate legacy is with this franchise. Um, what do you think it is? What is Jimmy G's legacy with the 49ers? Where does he fit into liner lore? I think it's a very unfulfilled one. It's unfulfilled. He sold everyone on a dream, that 2018-2017 run, um, five games, undefeated, and stuff like that. That's where he gets to you driving those Brock Purdy comparisons. And it's like at least Purdy did it for longer in a playoff team. This guy did it on a loser team against not even great opponents. Like he sold the dream. Again, like I always love this, I always love this metaphor. It's like Niner fans, the and the 49ers were people stuck in the desert for days. Desperate for water, a.k.a. quarterback. Jimmy G was that water. Not even good water. It was arrowhead water. The water that tastes like it has lead in it or something. So Jimmy G, unfulfilled. He couldn't fulfill a full season. He couldn't fulfill a Super Bowl championship. I mean, great memories because they gave him a good starting caliber, a starting caliber sufficiently to get him pushed towards success. But that's all he gave him. There weren't really too many special Jimmy G moments you can go towards. And ultimately, his greatest impact and thing he left on the 49ers was bringing the valuation of a backup quarterback so high that I could not fathom ever seeing being done before. Backup quarterback used to be like, who cares? Just grab grab freaking Joe Schmo from up the block and put him as your backup. It doesn't matter because your starting quarterback's down, it's over. But his lasting legacy with the 49ers is making backup quarterback such a premium uh, position now, and we're seeing it now. His other legacy is missing Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. We'll always remember that throw. I mean, he got to the very, very last stage. Of, he almost he almost finished the quest for six, right? He's like he was Frodo all the way going up to that. Would have been a hero. What was the, what, what was the, the volcano at the end of? Volcano thing, yeah. The volcano thing. It's like he got there and he had the ring and he freaking <laughs> overthrew <laughs> the volcano. <laughs> he threw it past the volcano. It was like, man, how did you miss? It was wide open. It's a huge freaking crater. And he's like, nah, man, I just, sorry, I'm just, I don't throw a good deep ball. So yeah, he missed that. That's his, he kind of, he really came close to destroying the ring and, and bringing peace to all of Middle Earth, but he didn't. And now we're still on that same freaking quest. Did you ever read the Lord of the Rings? They just, it's just hiking. It's a book about hiking. Just want to point that out. There's a lot of hiking in that book. And so they walked and they were walking. It's like, oh, it's getting good. Oh, did you see that, that chapter where they walked? So good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anyway, so that's, I kind of see his legacy. And it's like, if the Niners ever win a Super Bowl, you're going to look back at the Jimmy G era and the Alex Smith era and the Colin Kaepernick era as like just futility, you know, false hope, get close but no cigar type stuff. And basically a lot of frustration. Right now, it's like, hey, Jimmy G ushered in another era, a new era of 49ers competitiveness. Yeah, he sort of did. But if the Niners ever win a Super Bowl, you're going to look back on this era as like, you know, a quaint little time where people thought it might end up being great, but it wasn't. There's probably been no franchise in all the sports that have teased their fans more than the 49ers in the last like 14 years. The most teasing team ever. Like, I can't think of anything in basketball. In so- oh, maybe in soccer a team that probably teams don't know about like Juventus or PSG. But other than that, it's like football. It's like, my God, the Niners, like, I can't, can't think about it. Not in baseball, not in basketball. So, I mean, I can think of a team in basketball, kind of like the Rockets with James Harden came close. Yeah. But the Rockets never made it to like a finals. to really get a tease, a full on tease, but yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just, they were regular season champs and they were always like, yeah, they're, I'm so happy for their losses. What about the Boston Celtics? You could probably throw them in. They haven't won. 
this is honestly this is why I liked how you tweeted the other day about like who's better 49er player in their tenure, Jimmy G or Colin Kaepernick. Cause now it's like, now we can finally say it. And it's right. like, cause it's over for Jimmy. Who's the better yeah. player? Cap. I mean, yeah. better. Yeah. Better player was cap clearly. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of, and then I saw like your our, our boy, Nick's talking about like, Oh yeah. But overall the better tenure was with Jimmy because of the success. And it's just true. But ultimately you put cap on this team. If he was able to work on it, it, it probably would have led to a super bowl. Yeah, and, and the reason like the, the end of the Kaepernick era was so awful wasn't just that he fell apart. It was that Harbaugh Harbaugh left. Yeah, the Har- Harbaugh left and Jed pushed him out and then you had Tom Sula. Like I pr- Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have propped up Jim Tom Sula and Ch- Chip Kelly. Like, no. that would have been so that's so I so when I, I feel I like Nick a lot and when he's when he gives Jimmy the nod for like overall consistency, like that's just sort of organizational consistency. That's Jed kind of learning from his past mistake. It's the same thing why they attach him with the wins, right? It's like he's got 80 wins, 30 losses. And it's like, yeah, but it's it's not a direct cause because of him. Yeah. I mean, how many how many games can you look at and be like, he factored into that win? I can't think of anything past 2019. You know, and the last two ones I always think about was the Saints in the Dome. And again, he had a lot of help in that game, but that was when he was he was playing terrific. And then yeah. the final week against Seattle in 2019 when they won the division, where he was like 12 of 12 to start off. Other than that, I can't think of a single game where he was just like they won because he was on it, he was delivering. Boom! I can't, I can't think of any. I mean, no, it was essentially that one game in the in, in the Superdome. He put up forty eight points or something. That was the best thing he ever did. That was it. That was the best thing he ever did. Big game. But I mean, I so, so we'll remember that game. We'll remember that game. We'll remember the game. We'll remember that game. I guess you know. I, I remember Dre Greenlaw making the stop more than anything. I don't remember anything Jimmy uh, Garoppolo did in that game. I'll remember him tearing his ACL. That was awful. That was unfortunate for him. I'll remember him beating the Jaguars and making everyone think that the Niners would actually win the <laughs> Super Bowl if they were in the playoffs that year. What else? I remember him smiling on the on the sideline of the NFC Championship game when um, Christian McC- when Brock Purdy was playing with a uh, torn UCL. I remember that. Um, I'll remember every time he deflected responsibility after a, a, a game that they lost, and he sat there and came out with his like Gucci um, suit and smiled. Like he didn't play bad. I'll remember that. That was classic. Um, what else? I'll remember. I'll remember when he when he asked when he said uh, earlier in the season he has no clue what he said with his uh with his word of mouth. Your effing plays suck, man. When oh, he was like, I remember I that. I don't remember. I'll remember that. That was. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna see. Like, does Kyle's plays effing suck? They didn't when Brock was in there. And we'll see what what is what is Jimmy what is Jimmy's legacy gonna be? I guess his what he does in his next stop will kind of color his legacy here because if he stinks in the Raiders then that just adds to Kyle's legacy oh wow he made Jimmy look good for five years and then he fell apart or was Jimmy does Jimmy go to the Raiders tear it up have like a Jared Goff renaissance and Kyle falters with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold and Trey Lance and people are like actually Jimmy's legacy with the Niners is that he was underappreciated and he was run out of town and like all that stuff I mean I guess we'll see the book is not yet over. It's not over, but I, I'm it's a betting not. man. I would bet that it's going to be proven that he was definitely a product of Kyle Shanahan, and especially because he's going to Josh McDaniels, who stinks. And just the Can Raiders. we talk about Josh McDaniels for a second? None of his former players have anything nice to say about that guy. If no one has anything good to say about you, that's a bad sign. Here are the quarterbacks he's brought in in three years as a head coach. He's been a head coach for three years, two in Denver, one in uh, Las Vegas. Kyle Orton. Chris Sims, Tim Tebow, Jarrett Stidham, Chase Garbers, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not good. The only, the only positive is Garoppolo returning to him. That's like the one thing he's got going for him. But then again, they, they probably threw a large sum of money at him to entice him to come back. Why'd they trade Darren Waller? Uh, did you see how his wife, Kelsey Plums, <laughs> tweeted saying like, it's probably because he, he didn't get invited. Josh McDaniels didn't get invited to the wedding. That's why he probably dropped the date. I was dying. I was like, God damn, that's funny. Remember when we did the report? But that card? is such a Josh McDaniels thing to do. Like you just made your team worse. What were you thinking, dude? Do you know what the Raiders got on the report card in terms of like, uh, you know, the NFLPA one from two weeks ago? <clears throat> do you know what they got? Did you ever? Did you see what they got? I saw they like, got they ha- the, the coaching staff got like the lowest grade, right? F minus. F minus because they don't listen to the players at all and they overwork them, right? Overwork them all. That's at the worst grade. Now they keep them. They, they keep them too long. They overwork them, and they don't listen to the players at all. I mean, that's great. That dude, fire Josh McDaniels. Can't they got to fire him, dude? That was a bad, bad signing. 
They should have like sent, sent Derek and Josh packing at the same time. But it's not know, gonna work it's, with it's Jimmy. Not gonna work. Josh Allen was also selected two picks before Mike. Yeah, the Niners could have had Josh Allen if they'd never. That's another legacy of Jimmy Garoppolo. Had they just not traded for Jimmy, they would have finished that season with like one win, and they could have taken whatever quarterback they wanted. Now they probably would have drafted Baker or Sam Darnold and messed it up. But they could have had Josh Allen. They try to act like they would have taken Josh Allen. But um, I don't know if they would have. Can we get both Darius Slay and Gakwe or only one? Most likely you're going to get neither. Yeah. But I think you could probably get both if you keep restructuring. I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want. If you backload, restructure, you can do whatever the hell you want. You're just going to end up like the Rams eventually. But is it worth it? I mean, I don't think the Rams would would give it back. Like, they got a ring. They got also, their no, first ring. worth it because of your quarterback situation of the injuries. If there was no injuries, I'd be sure. I, let's go out on this. Wouldn't it be really fun to reunite them? Trade Kyle to Las Vegas. <laughs> With Vegas, they'd be honestly, they'd be a lot better. They'd be pretty damn good over there because you got Josh Jacobs, you got Hunter Renfro, and Devontae freaking Adams. That offense is going to be sweet. Yeah, but dude, it would be like a horror movie for Jimmy Garoppolo. He finally got free, and it's like at the end of the movie, <laughs> you just see Kyle Shanahan's face in the mirror, like, ah! No! <laughs> He can't escape. This guy's got my man's got PTSD from this guy. I was so chippy this year. I loved it. It was so fun, like watching, like, oh god, this guy's so snarky. That's that's how I really knew he wasn't coming back next year. I know, no matter what. That he when he said on the field on on television that your plays freaking sucked. That was it, dude. That was it. Goodbye. Loved it. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being here, Jose. You killed it. I thought I did a good job too. Anyway, Niners going to do Yeah, <laughs> uh, Niners, what? Things become official in like two hours, so we'll see if the Niners make more moves. A right tackle, a D-end would be preferable. It'd be nice. You want to win that Super Bowl. Lucas, I just responded to your email, man. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's find a time. See you guys. Thank you all.